Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Betsy Gomez about remembering. We talked about everything from why it's important for us to practice the discipline of remembrance to how doing so actually impacts our everyday lives. Listen to what she said. The glory of God is the main goal. When I understand that I need community, when I understand that the Bible is my authority, like I am free to serve or just to do community with people that, you know, I am with the people that I am surrounded with. I think that we need to surround ourselves with people that will tell us the truth And we need to um, be intentional in speaking truth. Man, we hope you'll find this conversation encouraging as you remember, reflect upon, and rejoice in the reality of the gospel as you look back on your year. So you'll know her a little better. Betsy has a passion to help others savor the gospel. She manages the blogs and supervises media for, I know I'm going to butcher this, guys, but I'm going to try, Abila Nuestros Corazones, which is Revive Our Hearts Hispanic Outreach. She is slowly pursuing a master's degree in ministry to women at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Now, on to my conversation with Betsy on the topic of remembrance. Betsy, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I am excited. I am excited. (laughs) I've looked at your pictures and I try to read what you post online. Most of it is in Spanish. So it's a lot of translating on my end, but I have to say I'm just encouraged by what you're doing in the sphere with women in um, Hispanic outreach, Betsy. It's such a need. And actually, we just ran a survey on our listenership. And guess what? The second most represented race that listens to Journey Women are Hispanic women. Isn't that cool? Incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. There's a lot of hunger for God's word and, you know, truth of the Bible among Hispanic women. And that's awesome. Can you tell me where is it that you come from and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do as a family? Well, I am from the Dominican Republic. That's a beautiful island in the Caribbean. But when did you come to the U.S.? We came in 2015. Okay, that's really fresh. Yes, it's just been three years. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. We came to Wake Forest, North Carolina, um, because my husband is in seminary full time. Okay. He's actually graduating this month. 
Oh, congratulations. I know that's a huge thing for like the whole entire family, not just him. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like big, 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 big achievement. Cause I, like, we thought that it was, it was going to take longer, you know, because we speak Spanish. Yeah. But the Lord has been so graceful. You know, he's a very hard worker. To learn all of those theological terms that aren't (laughs) used in like everyday language. That's a feat in and of itself. Imagine when he was studying Greek. So he was studying Greek in English. (laughs) Wow. That was like crazy. Yeah, God has sustained us and he's been so good to us. So we are actually transitioning um, this month and we are going to Texas. Can you believe that? (laughs) My husband and I actually met in Texas. So what's taking you to Texas? Well, Moises will serve among the Hispanic. He will be a pastor in a church called First Irving. Oh, cool. And yeah, we are really happy. We are um, eager to serve. You know, this um, past three years, it's been like more like a sabbatical. We've served in the church a lot, but it's been um, a year to just um, learn and rest. So we are ready. Yeah. So is he pastor? (laughs) Did he pastor a church back in the Dominican? He was a church um, leader back okay. in the Dominican. So this is going to be his first um, like pastoral role. Cool. And we are really excited. Oh, so how do you come alongside him and tell us about your kids? What does everyday life look like for you, Betsy? Well, um, we met at a youth camp. He was the preacher and I was serving. How cute. And, uh, yeah, I, I was um, impressed by his love for God and, you know, ministry and his passion for the gospel. So... Um, yeah, and we are in a season of life that is very different because, you know, living in the Dominican Republic is totally different than <laughs> living yeah. here in the States. But, you know, we homeschool our kids. Um, we use an online-based curriculum. Okay. So I spend the mornings with my kids, helping them with their classes. And in the afternoon, I work uh, for a couple hours for the Reviver Hearts Ministry. I yeah. get to serve in the Hispanic side. The name of that ministry in Spanish is Aviva Nuestros Corazones. Oh, that sounds so pretty when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So basically, um, yeah, we spend a lot of a long, a lot of time in the house because I work from home as well. But this has been great because I live in seminary housing right now. Oh, yes. Like a little, you know... <laughs> Little close quarters, cramped. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm yes. surprised you have like a quiet background for us today. Well, actually, Moises, my husband, took the kids to the seminary playground. <laughs> That's nice. the only place, you know, I have like quietness here. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it would be really, really cool to discuss the topic of the discipline of remembrance mm-hmm. from the perspective of two women who come from very different cultures. Just to talk about that from like a biblical standpoint. So could you tell us a little bit, Betsy, like why is remembering and the discipline of remembrance an important practice for us as believers, no matter what cultural context we're coming from? I love this topic. Let me tell you, when you told me about this, I was like, yes, this is amazing. I love it. Because first of all, I think that remembering is important because God commands it. So, you know, that's like the baseline (laughs) It's important because he says it's important. And you can see in Deuteronomy 4, 9, he's like, only take care and keep your soul diligently as you forget the things that your eyes have seen. Unless you depart from your heart all the days of your life. 
So we need to remember. And I don't know about you, but I am so forgetful. Yes. Yeah, I am between Dory from Finding Nemo and Lucy from Fifty First Day. Do you remember that movie? I mean, yes. I forget stuff all the time. All the time. Girl, can I tell you that today I actually showed up on my friend's doorstep thinking <laughs> that I was five minutes early for a baby shower that I was supposed to help set up for. And I waited on her doorstep for literally 15 minutes before realizing that actually the baby shower was at the church. So I was in the complete <laughs> wrong location, 20 minutes away from where I was supposed to be, showed up to the shower 30 minutes late that I was actually supposed to start setting up for. So there yeah. you go. That's how forgetful yeah. I am. <laughs> Let me tell you like a little story. So you, I need you to understand that it's like, I understand. <laughs> good, good, good. I need the solidarity. Yeah, yeah so... When IKEA opened in the Dominican yes. Republic, I was so Ooh, excited. I bet. And I went with a friend. They have a playground for kids. Yes. My kids were excited. They they just jumped and they went to the playground. I shopped. I was happy. They gave me like a little pager so they, uh-huh. you know, so I could know like my time limit. Right. So I shop and my, um, I, I am on my way to the car. I'm looking for my keys. And I tell to my friend, like, what is this weird thing that I have in my purse What's this? <laughs> it was the pager i was about to live without my kids <laughs> you know motherhood does something strange to the brain i know every mom listening is like yeah been there yeah so you know i think that god commanded his uh-huh. people to remember because we are forgetful and i forget important stuff if i can forget my kids i can forget the gospel Yes. And I forget who God is, yes. what he has done, who I am. Like, I can't forget important things. And that's why he demands that. And, you know, and the problem is that sin has distorted all things, including our capacity to keep the truth in our minds. Yeah. Sin has made us forgetful. And sometimes we don't get that. We don't understand that, you know, and that's why we suffer from spiritual amnesia. And that's a deadly condition. Like, if we don't have, we don't keep that in mind, like, it's kind of like kind of a philosophical issue because you need to remember to remember. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's so true. I feel yeah. like I need a tattoo that says remember just so that I can remember yeah. to remember. But then if, if you do that, then you will forget what to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Betsy, what is it that we're striving to remember? Like, why is God commanding us to remember? And what is it that we're supposed to remember? I think we need to remember the same old truths. Mm-hmm. Our society, our generation is fascinated with novelty. Yeah. We think that we need something new, like the new book or the new conference or the new thing or like a new thing will help us. But I think we need to stick to the same old truth, who God is, the goodness of his character. Right. We are that we're sinners in need of salvation. Jesus worked on our behalf, the gospel, God's promises. What is our future, our hope? We just need to stick with the same old truth. And let me tell you that something that is really interesting, that when you study like the like biblical remembrance, you'll see that this is not remembering like mental exercising. This is remembering according to God should lead us to love, um, treasure God, obey God. So it's a call to action. As you prepare for the summer, we want to share a unique way to introduce your non-believing friends to a local church, Skylark. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you need to know about Skylark Summer Camp for your kids or as a means to supplement evangelism. 
Skylark partners with gospel-centric churches to provide summer camps as a means of childcare. By meeting parents' needs for summer childcare for kids having completed kindergarten through fifth grade, Skylark positions the local church to meet the spiritual needs of their community. They offer gospel-rich curriculum that is new each day of their summer camp. Kids can attend for one week, a few weeks, or all 11 weeks. Choose from one of their four locations offering a full summer program in Dallas, Plano, Allen, and Mansfield. The cost is $325 a week, but you can use the code JOURNEYWOMEN for 50% off every single week. What? Head on over to CampSkylark.com to learn more. That's C-A-M-P-S-K-Y-L-A-R-K.com and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN for 50% off. Do you have any examples of like the Bible exhorting us to remember or not forget or maybe where the discipline of remembrance is actually exhorted or practiced in Scripture? Yeah, when I was looking through the Scripture, it was so reminding. It's so simple yet so basic. But the Bible itself was written as a memorial to God's people. So like the fact that, God wor- that God's Word is a book you know, with a message that has been passed from generation to generation is an indicator itself that we need to remember the truth and hold fast to it. So we see that throughout the storyline of the Bible, God remembering his covenantal relationship with his people and calling them to remember. So I think like I actually like did a little search in the Bible and the word remember is more than 200 times in the Bible. Wow. And the coolest thing is when you see in Genesis, most of the verses about remembrance is God telling the people that he remembers. So he is not asking his people to do something that he's not doing. So, for example, in Genesis 8, 1, it says, this is the first time the word remember appears. It says, but God remembered Noah. You know, so there's like... Verse after verse, um, we see a God who remembers, who is faithful to remember. And then he's calling his people to remember as well. And we see it in Exodus with Israel ceremonies and feasts, the Passover and in uh, like all the Israel festivals and um, ceremonies. Right. There, there were um, re- reminders, like when God um, freed them from slavery to the Egyptians. You can see it everywhere. For example, also like the Sabbath. That was also a reminder. You see that in Numbers. And I really love this verse, especially in in this topic, in Numbers 1530, when it says, and it's talking about a tassel that they needed to attach to their clothing. Uh It says, it shall be a tassel for you to look and remember all the commandments of or to do them, you, you know, mm. like just remember to remember. It's just you remember to do them. And then says not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes. You shall remember and do all my commandments. So God was really intentional in showing his people throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament the importance of remembrance. Um, you, you see in Joshua with the 12 stones and obedience to God as a memorial we see in Deuteronomy, I think that's like the book of remembrance. Right. Um, we see how like um, even like the book itself starts 
saying, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel. So this is a reminder of something that's been said. We see so many like verses after verse, verse after verse. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Mm. Remember your condition. Remember who I am. Remember your need. And I think it's the same for us today. We see it in Ezekiel, in, in Isaiah. We see it in the Psalm. I mean, you know, like when you go to Psalm 77, verse 11, it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul. Psalms um, 103. So verse after verse in the Old Testament, we see God um, reminding the people that he remembers and also calling them to remember. In the New Testament also, you know, Mary's and Zachariah's song, was, they were a song of remembrance of God's doing and God's promises. And we know when we get to the institution of the Lord's Supper, that's also like we see there a command when it says both in Luke 22, 19 and in 1 Corinthians 11, when it says, do this in remembrance of me. So it's oh. also a command, you know, do this, do this. It's not like, oh, you can't, like if you want, like you feel, no, 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 you have to do this, right? And we see the Holy Spirit reminding the believers, <laughs> Jesus' words, so remembrance is a very strong topic and we could go on and spend three hours or more talking about like how we see that throughout um, Paul's letters and the New Testament. I do this thing whenever I like, get emotional in the closet where my eyes just kind of like get all squinty and you'll hear me talk less and less because I'm trying not to cry. Goodness gracious, I just wish I could just remember <laughs> like every yeah. every day. I wish I could remember where it is that God has brought me from and and even then beyond that, where he has brought all of his people. You know what I'm saying? Like throughout yes. the whole context of redemptive history. So let's talk a little bit about what happens to God's people, ourselves included, when we forget mm. uh, who God is <laughs> and when we forget what he has done for us. What happens when we fail to remember and when we actually walk in forgetfulness? Yeah, they ended up in enslaved and in misery. They became idolatrous. And it's the same because like we are made from the same material that those who made and worshiped the golden calf. Right. <laughs> um, like we are the same. We're the same human beings. We are in the same condition. You know, our spiritual forgetfulness makes us vulnerable to all kinds yes. of lies. And believing lies leads us to sin. So at the end, if we um, don't remember, we will end up enslaved in misery. It will lead us to a disaster. And um, that's um, when we fail to remember um, our memories of the truth of God will fade. And we will start serving the God of our desires and our imagination, just like Israel did. So bottom line, when we forget, we sin. That's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. So what do we do when we recognize, oh, man, we've actually been walking in forgetfulness. And I think for me, that happens on a daily basis. Like oftentimes, Betsy, I'll find myself like spiraling, you know, like mm -hmm. I feel really out of control mm -hmm. or I have place too much of my value and worth in mm -hmm. who I am and what I do versus who God is, what he has done to me 
and who he says I am. So when we recognize that we're like functioning in that way and that we've actually forgotten who God is and what he's done for us, what's the appropriate response? I totally understand what you say. I feel the same sometimes. I actually think that my brain, my heart is like a Teflon pen. Is that how you call it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard for me to, you know, for the, for the truth to stick. I mean, it doesn't stick. A good one, you know, because I have... You put that, are- those eggs in there every day, but they ain't sticking. <laughs> we, need, we need to be a little bit more like the, uh, what are they, the cast iron. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> I think the cure for um, our spiritual amnesia is to intentionally recall and recount God's faithfulness. Mm. And I've seen myself very, like, saint in a spiritual depression, I would say. Yeah. I, I need to confess and realize that it's yes. just because I'm for you know I'm forgetting right what is truth about me about God. So I think in that moment when we are there, mm-hmm. I just need to recall the truth and repent. Just need to go again and remind ourselves um, of the same old truth, and you know that will lead us to repentance because when we declare God's truth. Um, about his character. When I say, and it, it sometimes it's it, it sounds like mystical and weird because like why are you declaring those stuff? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. The midst of my situation, when I say God is good, God is good, um, God is faithful. I realize that I've not I've not been living according to that truth. And in that moment, I just need to ask the Lord, give me repentance. Yes. Give me a heart. Give me a heart that is willing to believe this truth. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we remember, but we're not willing to act upon that truth. So we need to ask for repentance. So a repented heart. And that eventually will lead us to praise and thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes, it totally reminds me of the verse that we're in the Psalms where David's saying, like, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's like reminding his soul to exactly. bless the Lord in the midst of a real hardship. How do you practice the discipline of remembrance, like practically, Betsy, like you're saying to remember, look away from yourself and look to Jesus. Are there any practical things that you do on a daily or a weekly, maybe seasonally basis that help you to practice the discipline of remembrance and remembering who God is? Yeah, I think as simply as like reading my Bible every day. Amen. (laughs) No, it's so true. When we have to teach or to write, like sometimes do like this, like a, a, like a, a job, but I need to remind myself, I am in need to remember God's truth for my own personal life. Right. (laughs) So like cultivating the discipline that comes out of the, my love for God and his word. So meditating, um, in memorizing scripture, I just have, um, right now I am in my kitchen and I have like, um, post-its in, in my sink and everywhere because I need to be meditating and digesting what I've been reading and how can I apply that? Like in that same day, like today or what I, what I need to repent of, like what I need to work. I have like two weekly reminders in my life. One is meeting with a small group weekly to talk about our the sermon past Sunday. I think that's something like really important in my life because yeah. it's a strong commitment that I've done with other believers to get together and remind each other about right. the truth. We read the Bible, we discuss it, we sing, we pray for each other. 
And let me tell you, my soul needs that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also attending regularly to church in order to remember the truth. Like I, 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 I wish I could tell you, like, I am so cool. I have so many things that I used to remember. But honestly, I think like nothing is like being committed to attend to church. Mm-hmm. The other day I was talking to a pastor that... You know, he told me that most of the members of his church only attend one of three Sundays. I understand those people because most of the time I don't feel like going to church. Right. And that's why exactly I need to go. Yes. I, I need to inform my feelings and my emotions with the truth. So I think that going to church is my weekly equalizer because we read the Bible out loud together. We sing the truth to each other as a corporate reminder we recite ancient confessions like the Apostles' Creed. Right. Um, not because there's something like, you know, magical. Right. magical, but because we need to be reminded what is the foundational doctrines that yeah. hold us together as a body, right? So we do communion weekly. I think that's mm. like the best reminder ever because that moment is crucial for me. Um, I get to hold a physical reminder in my hand. I get to eat it and mm. remind myself. And I think that um, listening to the word faithfully exposed um, is a good reminder. Yes, so. this is the best, Betsy. <laughs> I love it because all the women that come on the podcast, like just today we had an episode that aired with Kelly Needham on friendship and she was talking about how, you know, the answer is not different. It's the same that it's been for saints of old. It's read your Bible and collect with believers, you know, to worship the Lord together. Yeah. And I think there is where we get lost because we want something new. Like we want something to stir up our emotions and we want a system, right? But it becomes a religion. I think we just need to get really basic and really honest that we only need Jesus, the gospel, believers, Is there anything that you want to add as far as, I know you already mentioned so many of them, but some of the things that the church at large has practiced both today and throughout the history of the church that help us to remember who God is? I know you mentioned communion, obviously like the sacraments, baptism. Is there anything else that you'd like to add there? I think that just doing life together and being intentional about it, because when we read the, um, like how the church function in the Bible (laughs) and we see how we live. It's such a difference. Just we don't have everything in common. Like we don't do life together. We've made church just an event. Mm -hmm. So I think that realizing that we belong to each other, that we need each other and be intentional in that. One of the things that I love is, you know, just witnessing baptism, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a reminder of the active saving work of God in the church. It right. means that the church is alive. So sometimes we think that's just part of the program, but it's not. It's what have, you know, that has united the church for centuries, as you said, the communion, I think, and corporate worship. I think those are the things that. Um, I think it's more beneficial for believers. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of makes me weepy thinking about our church. And I know so many people at this time of year, because we're 
airing this right around Christmas, you know, or in their churches. And I, I just want to encourage women. I know there's so much baggage that oftentimes kind of revolves around the church for so many people. And yet it's a resounding gong of ours on the podcast because our hope would really be that this would this conversation would encourage you to tether into a local body of believers that you can really do, as Betsy said, life together under the word of God so that you can remind one another of the things that you're forgetting, to remind uh, you who you are and what you're doing here and what God has done to you and for you through the person of his son, Jesus. And so I know it can be really challenging, right, Betsy? Like you say yeah. all of this and church is not easy, right? This this is a really difficult thing to engage in in some seasons of life. Yeah, I think like in a generation when you can do church online. <laughs> you can feel like you can be learning and you can choose yeah, who you're following exactly. and who you're engaging with. So we are actually like missing the point, you know, the church is intended for us to grow in godliness as a body, you know? And you can't do that virtually. You can't do that. You need to open your life so they can see what you need to be reminded of. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because a lot of times the things that we're forgetting are blind spots. These are areas that we may not even recognize Mm -hmm. that we're functioning in unbelief. And so I think that is why it's so helpful that we're in the context of a community of believers where they actually do see that back foot And then in love, they're able to come alongside us and encourage us in godliness, like to walk in the way of godliness. And Mm -hmm. that can be a really painful experience, especially when it's happening in the context of people who are all sinners in need of a savior. So we never do it perfectly. I know I've approached people, even though it be in love, (laughs) in a way that isn't ideal. And it's all part of this growing in humility and in our understanding of the gospel and being united in the gospel. Like for us to all understand that more fully together as we flesh out what it looks like to do life together under the word. And it's a really clunky process, but I think God is so glorified in that. And it's a beautiful process and I'm super grateful for it. But I know I just want to say that it doesn't come without hardship because I think there's, you know, this misconception that that whole process is going to look really organic and easy. And for me, it's looked like a lot of hard conversations. It's looked like choosing to lay aside my preferences, whether those be like super basic, like what style of worship songs we're singing or who's teaching the Bible study or what Bible study we're actually doing together as a women's ministry, those types of things. And all of that has been for, I believe, like my, the Lord has used it and orchestrated a ton of growth in my life as a result of me laying aside my preferences and dying to self in that capacity. What's that look like for you, Betsy? Yeah, I think that I understand what you say because it's the same with me. And I found myself um, realizing that when I when I have a difficulty, like when I when I find myself feeling comfortable where the Lord has placed me, I need to re- I need to confess that it's because I am making the church experience about myself. Yes, thank you for saying that. Thank you, and and your personal preferences versus exactly. like the betterment of the body and the glory of God. Exactly. So when I understand that it's the glory of God is the main goal. When I understand that I need community, when I understand that the Bible is my authority, like I am free to serve or just to do community with people that, you know, I am with the people that I am surrounded with. Right. I think that we need to surround ourselves with people that will tell us the truth 
And we need to um, be intentional in speaking truth and reminding others with the truth. But we sometimes we think that's only like rebuking or confronting, right. or, you know, but no, I mean, sometimes just with a question, like, yeah, you see a friend that is struggling in her spiritual um, walk with the Lord. You just maybe a question like how, like what, what has God done in your life? Yes. So that would be a, a little thought provoking and will help, uh, help her to focus her right. attention in God or sometimes like what truth of God's character has sustained you? You know, like sometimes we just need to infuse mm -hmm. our conversations with. It's like you're seasoned with salt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like we need to infuse our conversations with um, those questions, um, about, like, reminders. Yeah, I agree. And even lovingly exhorting one another with the things that we see God working in us. I mean, we do this with our kids, for those of mm -hmm. us who are parents. Like, you see God's um, faithfulness working itself out in the context of your friend's life or your, you know, sister in Christ at church, whatever. And you can speak that into her and say, like, man, I really see God working this in you. Glory to God. You know, like yes. I say, I say that to my kids all the time. Like, man, I really see that God is giving you a heart to obey when mommy asks you to do something and I just, that is so, I'm so thankful for that. Let's give him glory for that. Or you see somebody who's really good at one of the spiritual gifts or someone who maybe even has um, the potential to grow in exercising their gift. And you can come at it and say, man, I really noticed that you welcome others in as Christ has welcomed us. What a blessing that is to our body. And how much will that encourage and exhort in a positive way? Like you're saying, it doesn't always have to look like bringing down the hammer, even though sometimes yeah, it, that does need yeah. to happen. <laughs> I mean, how sweet would be to have a friend that is like a constant reminder of God's grace, for example. Yes. Because God's grace is something that we need to be reminded of. It's not only the judgment, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I long to be that in my friend's life and my people's life. What's the joy in doing that and, and in collectively practicing the discipline of remembrance together as a church body, Betsy? I think it's, it reminds us that we are united in Christ, that um, if the only thing we have in common is the gospel, that's fine. And that's right. You know, the joy of knowing that we belong to each other, that mm. it's just, this is just like a rehearsal because that is what we'll do for the rest of our lives in eternity in heaven. Um, you know, the joy of knowing that my gift can bless someone, that I can encourage somebody, not only that I can use my gift, but also that I need my sister's gifts and yes. my church um, family's gift that we are in need of the same grace um, because when people get to know us personally, they realize that we are, are as sinners are, as they are. And, yes. you know, it's the same with us, with our, our sisters and brothers in Christ. And it's just a reminder of the sweetness of community in Jesus. Mm, yes. Amen and amen. Well, you know, looking back on 2018, because this is kind of a reflection type podcast preparing us as we move into 2019, do you have any resources that you would recommend for somebody who wants to practice the discipline of remembrance? I mean, you've kind of already mentioned like the yeah. top tiers. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like the same old truth, your Bible. <laughs> yeah. So meditating, memorizing, journaling. Yes. I, I remember this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, we don't need anything new. Our duty is to awaken our memories. I, 
I love that quote. And I would say about like talking about the Bible, something that we really love to do every year is the Advent calendar. Yes. Uh, specifically with the kids with the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yes, because it all coordinates, right? Like one story every day until December 25th, right? Ah, so it's and it's free. So totally. I think I love mm-hmm. that too. We did that last year and it's really it's really easy to do with little kids. Like I have a, a last year I had a, a one and a three year old. Yeah. And something else that I love is like to have a daily gospel reminder. And my favorite book on that is New Morning Mercies. Yes. Um, that's like a must. <laughs> yes. Um, so and I like I love listening to podcasts like this and also the Reviver Heart podcast. Because, you know, it's somebody that is speaking truth to you. Um, So in the midst of, you know, life, you can be exposed to the truth that you need to remember. And it's incredible that you you could say, oh, this I know about this topic. I know everything about it. When you listen and you get exposed to it, you realize how much you need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. I actually had that experience the other day, just like cleaning my house. And I'm like, what a gift it is just to get to pop on, you know, my gals at Risen Motherhood or uh, Mm -hmm. I love listening to Help Me Teach the Bible by Nancy Guthrie. And just to be able to like do the basic household tasks of cleaning a toilet and listen to someone help me know how to study scripture better. It's just so wonderful. So I love those. Thank you for those. Um, Another question that I love to ask every guest who comes on the show is, what are three of your simple joys? Oh, I love that question. I do too. I I love to travel with my my people, uh, with my family. You guys do quite a lot of traveling, don't you? Yeah, this year's been crazy. Really? Since we have a lot of flexibility because, you know, Moises is not – working um, full-time. Right, um, and you're homeschooling. Exactly. So, but, you know, next year will be different because we really want to serve our local church. And if you want to plant ourselves there, we need to be there, right? Right, yes. We are going to accept less engagements next year. But I love to go on road trips with my family as well, like the conversations, like experiencing adventures together. Like that's something like just the four of us, you know? I love it. I and love you guys it. are like experiencing the U.S. together as a family for uh, the first time, too, which is yes. really cool. Have you guys been back to the DR since you moved to the States? Yeah, we've been there a couple times. Yeah. So we like we like when we come here, we feel like we are in a really long vacation. Honestly, so I still don't feel like I live here. Do you guys plan on staying in the States? Is that too invasive of a question? No, it's fine. Well, our commitment for um, Texas is long term. Cool. So we are totally surrendered to God's will. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so long road trips with the family. What else? Yeah, there's a thing in the Dominican Republic that you um, you do hot cocoa with bread, like fresh baked bread. So we love like mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually like the dinner. Like we don't eat anything else. That's kind of, you know, that different. sounds like so. the perfect dinner for me. <laughs> yeah, so we we on Fridays we do movie nights and we just hot cocoa with um, hot bread and we love it. <laughs> I'll be right it's over. Like- it's Monday, but I'll be there this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I I I love teaching and and writing. Oh yes, I wish more of your stuff was in English. I have to admit, I know though, I know though what a need it is, um, Betsy, for you to be doing this in the sphere that you're in. 
So 100% stay in this lane. But I am a little bit jealous because I'm not going to lie. My Spanish speaking skills are not on par with your blog. <laughs> well, let me tell you, like this, like this interview is such like I am depending like on God's grace because it's really hard for you to be yourself in another language. Honestly, like I don't even know that you have a problem with it at all. Oh, you're sweet. You're sweet. You're sweet. <laughs> well, Betsy, another question that I'd love to ask, because the Journeyman podcast is really centered around basically me introducing friends and mentors that have been influential in my own journey with Jesus. And so I love to ask, who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own personal journey with Jesus? Oh, can I say two? Absolutely. You can make it whatever okay, you want. Okay. So I think the, like the greatest impact is from my husband. Oh, um, yeah, that's kind. Yeah, it could be a little bit, a little bit cheesy, but I love that. It's though. true. It's true because he's so passionate. He's so he's not scared, you know, of, of um, challenges. He's very I don't know if the word brave would, you know, yeah. uh, do justice, but he's not scared of you know, trusting God and he's fierceful about his faith and he's tender. He's such a leader. Um, and he's taught me like that passion that he has about Christ and the Bible and teaching. But in 2010, I came across with Nancy the Moss Wolgamuth and she's been instrumental to my life. I think she's uh, being inspiring for me um, that, you know, by the way, she loves the word, she teaches the word, and she's so tender, humble, and um, she plays herself under the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't leave her out of the formula because I am really grateful. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I am just so grateful to have had the opportunity to learn from you today in this capacity. Thank you so much for joining me on the Journey Women podcast. And hopefully this conversation will stir the listeners' hearts to remember the gospel and to look back on what God has done in their life, uh, particularly in 2018. But not only that, to look back on what he's done for his people throughout all of redemptive history. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Come on, let's take a chance. You guys, we only have one episode left in 2018. Hey, if you're new around here, I'm about to go on maternity leave so that we can welcome our third baby to the family, the Lord willing. That said, now is a great time to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media at Journey Women Podcast so that you won't miss out on new episodes when we come back on April 1st, 2019. We're going to continue posting on social media throughout the break, and it's a great time to catch up on old episodes of Journey Women, which... Pro tip, you can actually find by searching for specific topics that you'd like to hear about in the show notes or just scroll through the archives of your favorite podcast app. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, we would love for you to partner with us through this break by financially contributing to the ministry of Journey Women. We now have a giving page over on our website, journeywomenpodcast.com. You can head over there and you can find all the details on what the podcast costs us and how you can help us continue offering free gospel-centered content. We're also coming back next week for our final episode of 2018 with my very own Brooks Beelis. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. Guys, it's an absolute joy to get to journey alongside y'all. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week and Merry Christmas. Oh,